First John chapter 5. Take your Bibles and go to 1 John chapter 5. As we go through the book of 1 John, verse by verse, last Sunday, we looked at that subject of eternal life, as John brought that subject of eternal life, and he really answered a lot of questions. Questions that are important for us to consider today, and, and really, everybody needs to consider this question, these questions that he answered. The questions included, what is eternal life? How do I gain eternal life? And how can I be sure that I have eternal life? And we know that eternal life, if you know the Bible, you know that it all boils down to one thing, and that is trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's not a prayer, there's not a work, there's not a single thing that you can do to obtain eternal life except for trusting in Jesus Christ. And anybody else that says anything other than that, they're wrong. Because that's biblical. That's how we obtain eternal life. It's Jesus Christ. Now today, what we're going to begin to look at is really one of the most incredible promises that we have in the Bible. And while it is so, it's also, I believe, one of the most underutilized truths in all of Scripture. And it's a promise that is in His Word, the Word of God, but it gets very little attention. And part of the problem is... Part of the reason it gets such little attention is because of a lack of faith. It's due to our unbelief that we don't really consider how awesome this promise is. But I want you to know this morning that God has made no promise that is too good to be true. Hey, listen, if God said in the Bible, you can, put, you can bring it to the bank. It is so. If God said it, we can believe it. Now, this promise that we have this morning that we're going to look at, is the promise that God will hear and He will grant our prayers. I didn't say answer our prayers. Grant our prayers. That's what He tells us, and we're going to see that today. But I fear, at times myself and, and the church as a whole, and, and Christians in a general sense, we've become so complacent in our prayer life that we don't even really believe this. We don't really believe that He will hear our prayers. We don't really believe... That He will grant our prayers. And, you know, maybe you do pray. Maybe you're here this morning and you pray and that's wonderful. But listen, how often do we just pray and we check off the box and we just leave it at that? You know, my children, just for an example. I like to use my kids as illustrations because they're great. They're easy to pick on, right? And they're not in here. But when my children, when they come and they ask me for something, they don't just ask for it and then walk off and not expect an answer. Look, when they want that cookie... When they want that candy, when they want uh, to play that game, or when they want whatever it is, they're looking for me to answer them. They're looking for me to grant that request. And they don't just ask me for the sake of asking. They ask me in order for me to hear them, and they're hoping that I'll grant it. And it's just a, a really wonderful lesson that we find in that truth. When we go to the Heavenly Father with our requests, according to the Bible and according to Christ... We can go to Him and pray expecting Him to grant it. But it's unfortunate that many believers, they just ask and then they'll go about their life and they don't expect God to do anything. They don't look for God to actually answer and grant their prayers. In fact, at times we even forget that we asked. Now I just, I, I've mentioned the water bottles a lot. I've got one of these up here with me. You know what? When we hand out a thousand water bottles at the parade, 
I already know some of you guys don't think that God's going to use it. But you know what? You should be expecting Him to use it, and you should be praying that He will. Because it's got the gospel on it. And I tell you what, God can use anything. Even a water bottle. So if you're not praying for that right now, you need to start. Because we're handing it out tomorrow. And we're going to expect God to use it. Door to door. I, I hear people say, I haven't heard it up here, thankfully. And I hope I never do. But I've heard people say, oh, door to door don't work. Well, yeah, it does. The word of God's going forth. And listen, I, I tell you this all the time. It's not our job to get results. Our job is just to cast the net. Now, we can pray for it, and we should pray for it. We should pray and expect results. But God, can, He can do anything. We have to get out of this negative mindset where we don't think that God can use things because He can. Believe God. Now, obviously, we'll see that there are conditions to this promise. In the verse that we're going to see this morning, there's that word if. The word if is there two times. So we're not just, don't, don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying that we can just go ahead and ask for anything and expect to receive it. The Bible is very clear about this subject of asking and receiving. And, and, but it's just unfortunate today in the church that there's a great amount of prayer that's being done in our day. And it doesn't amount to anything. There is just so much fruitless prayer among believers and in the church. And this is a problem. And this is what we're going to see today as we uh, see this message, the keys to granted prayer. So let's go ahead and look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. The Bible says, and this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank You so much for Your Word. I thank You for this promise that You've given us that... You can hear and you can grant our prayers. Lord, I know that there's, without a doubt, people here that need you to hear them. They need you to grant their prayers. I pray you help us to learn how we can see this happen and that we'll just believe you to do tremendous things. I pray, Lord, that you open up our hearts to receive your word. Help me to just say exactly what you want me to say this morning. And, and God, if there's somebody here that's never trusted in you as their personal Savior, I pray that today will be the day of salvation. And that you'll just help them to turn their heart to you. In your holy name, amen. When I was studying this passage this week, I really, I'll just be honest with you, I had a difficult time wrapping my mind around it because of what it really means. It really is just an amazing promise. So, as we look at this, I want you to consider a few questions this morning. For one, how is your prayer life? Have you received answers to your prayers? Have you been granted the petitions that you've made to God? When you pray, do you pray expecting God to grant them and, and, and expecting to receive what you prayed for? Do you pray according to God's will or your own will? And lastly, consider this. When was the last time that God granted your prayers? When was the last time? There's so many things to consider in the subject of prayer and receiving our prayers, but I know, again, without a doubt, there are many people here that you need God to do a great work. You need God to sustain you through your suffering. You need God, and you're begging God to save that lost soul of somebody that you love. You, you cry out to God that He would get a hold of somebody's heart that uh, is just far away from Him, and you want God to bring them back to Him. Uh, maybe you need God to give you victory or strength. Or help in your time of need. You need God to answer your prayers. 
Yet we pray so often for these things and they don't come to pass. A.W. Tozer once said that having prayers sent to heaven only to be unanswered or not granted is like sending an army to battle without weapons. It's like sending, setting a man down on a piano without fingers. It's like setting uh, a woodsman to the woods without an axe. And he said the work of God just stands still and it's fruitless. But this is not how prayer is supposed to work. You know, Jesus Christ said, and we'll look at this more later on in, in John chapter 14, verse 13. He said, whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So here we have John and, and, and Jesus Christ, the Word of God, telling us that God gives us a blank check to the bank of His will through prayer. And again, it's mind-boggling and it's really incredible, but it's very scriptural. Let's look at verse 14 again. The Bible says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. So John, he brings up this word again, confidence. This is one of John's favorite words, uh, as we've seen. But this, in this particular instance, this means assurance and boldness. So when John says we in this passage, I want you to just remember the preceding verse that we looked at last week. He had just written about how we can know that we have eternal life through Jesus Christ. So those that have trusted in Christ, they only have this confidence. If you're not trusting in Christ as your Savior, you do not have this confidence. You cannot expect God to hear your prayers. You cannot expect God to grant your prayers. But if you're a child of God, then you have boldness. And you can have boldness as you go to Him in prayer. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, and look at verse 14. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, the Bible says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Let me just stop right there and thank God that I don't have to go to a priest to be heard. I don't have to pray to a saint. I can pray in Jesus' name. And that's enough. Praise God for that. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 12 also says, In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of Him. So listen, because of the finished work of Christ on the cross, I can boldly go to God in prayer. And so can you. We can boldly go before the throne of grace. And along with this great truth, John writes this great promise found in this passage. And this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to focus on God hearing our prayers. As John writes in our text, he said, He heareth us. And if we know that He hear us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. And by the way, when he says that about the petitions, what he's saying is, we get what we pray for. Again, this is the promise of Jesus. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look into this, this subject of having our prayers granted. And this week we'll see, again, how to be heard when we pray. Because that's pretty important. But next week we're going to see how to pray according to God's will. Again, all these are very important. And these are the keys to granted prayer that John tells us. Now, if we hope to have our prayers answered and granted as our text tells us, we need God to hear them. Right? The, the reason for this is obviously because if God does not hear our prayers, then how can He grant them? 
Now, it's important to understand what the Bible means when uh, it talks about God not hearing our prayers. Here, listen. The fact of the matter is, God hears everything. He hears everything, including our prayers. Because He's God. And nothing gets by Him. In fact, in Psalm 139, verse 4, He said, For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, Thou knowest it all together. Listen, God is sovereign. He knows all. He's sovereign over everything that He created. So the issue is not whether or not God is aware of every prayer, but rather is God tuning in to our prayers with the intent of answering them. This hearing in our text in 1 John chapter 5, it is a positive hearing that will dispatch a response. So if God is not hearing our prayers, what does that mean? That just means that He's not tuning in to our prayers with the intent of answering the prayer. Just think about this for a moment, okay? Have you ever had somebody talk and you weren't listening? Such as right now. I know nobody would ever do that. But maybe you weren't listening. You weren't really tuned into what was being said. Uh, Again, using kids as an example. Kids like to ask questions. Maybe you were busy trying to do something. You were trying to accomplish a task. And then your kid was just asking question after question after question. Or they were telling you a story. And uh, you were busy. You heard them, but you weren't listening. You weren't tuned into what they were saying. Or if you're at work. And you have this task that you have to complete. And your coworker just won't stop talking. And they just keep talking and talking. And you're not really tuned into what they're saying. You know they're talking, but you don't know what they're talking about. You're not really tuned in to what's being said. A lot of times, due to our own foolishness, God will not be tuned into our prayers. And therefore, we will not receive what we pray for. We will not have granted petitions. Now, you might be here this morning, and you don't feel that God is listening to your prayers. He's not tuned into your prayers. And again, that could be the case. So if we want to get to the place where God is tuned into our prayers, we first need to take care of that which is preventing our prayers from being heard. We need to take care of that which is causing God to not listen to our prayers. And the Bible gives us help with this. There are just certain things, church, that we cannot continue to do in our life because it stops our prayers from being heard by God. So that brings us to this question, okay, what stops God from tuning in to the prayers of His people according to the Bible? We already know one thing according to our text in 1 John chapter 5, uh, just not praying according to God's will. That's a pretty big one, but it goes beyond that. And again, as we're going to see that next week, we're going to go ahead and move on to a couple different areas. But what stops God from tuning in to the prayers of His people? First, sin. Go to Psalm 66. We're going to look at a couple places in this Point, but look, go to Psalm chapter 66. Psalm chapter 66, look at verse 18. Why is God not hearing my prayer? Why am I not being granted prayer? It could be because you're living in sin. Look at verse 18 of Psalm chapter 66. The Bible says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Listen, sin causes God to not be tuned into our prayer. So when, when the psalmist here, when he writes that, if I regard iniquity in my heart, that literally means to see iniquity with pleasure. So in other words, if I am regarding and I'm plotting and I'm planning evil and iniquity and I am just keeping sin in my life, then God is not going to listen to me. Now when we don't have answered prayers, at times we may wonder, man, what is going on? Why is God not hearing me? Has He lost His power? Has He forgotten about me? 
often when we, when we feel distant from God, we automatically think it's his, own, it's his fault instead of our own fault. But I want you to know this morning that God is just as powerful today as he has ever been. God is just as able, and by the way, desiring to grant our prayers today as he has ever been. He still has the power to draw men unto himself. He still has the power to change hearts. He still has the power to meet your needs. But we need to realize that the problem, it's not with God's power, it it may be with us. Let's go to Isaiah 59. Isaiah 59. Read a couple verses here. In Isaiah 59, look at verse 1. And this is a great passage of Scripture. Look at verse 1 of Isaiah 59. It says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save. Neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. I love this passage. Look, it's, here, in the, in the context of this, God's people are wondering, why are you not rescuing us from our trials? Why are you not rescuing us from our hardships? And then the prophet Isaiah, he explains, the Lord's hand is not shortened, his power is not gone, he's not lacking in power to save you, and he explains, hey, the problem is you. It's not God. Why are you not being rescued from your trials? Why is God not hearing you? Why has God hid his face from you? It's because you're living in sin. Your sin has put a wedge between you and the holy God. That's why your prayers aren't being heard. It's not God's fault. So at times when we feel that the Lord is not hearing us, it could certainly be because we're living in sin. And I I know that there are probably some people here this morning and you've not gotten a single answer to prayer in months and it's because you're living in sin. You love your sin more than you desire to see God answer your prayer. And if that's the case, that's a shame. If that's the case, just imagine what you're missing out on because you love your sin so much. And if this is where you're at, You need to stop blaming God, stop blaming it on a a spiritual dry spell, and take ownership of the fact that you have sin in your life that needs to be dealt with, and until you do that, you will not have granted prayer. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 9, it says, He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. James chapter 5, verse 16 says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That righteous man, it's not talking about a saved person. It's talking about somebody that loves and keeps the commands of God. And when it says availeth much, that prayer availeth much, it means that much can be accomplished. So if you are living righteously, you are living holy, you are looking to live for God and keep His commandments, and your prayers can accomplish many great things. But so often we would just rather blame our unanswered prayer on everything else except for ourselves. But look, if you're living in sin, don't expect God to hear your prayers. John talked about this before in 1 John chapter 3, verse 22. He says, And whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Or as we talked about in Sunday school this morning, we walk worthy of the Lord. I know that there are some that wonder why God hasn't granted their prayers and, and maybe you haven't considered that it could be your own fault because of sin. 
But I also know that there are, are those here today probably that you haven't even bothered to pray at all for quite some time because you already know God's not going to hear my prayer. And that's a terrible place to be as well. If you haven't even prayed due to uh, sin for an extended period of time, man, you're missing out. You're missing out on what God wants to do. So consider this morning, why are my prayers not being heard and granted? Could it be because of sin? That I'm allowing my life. Don't miss out on the blessings of granted prayer that God wants to give you. You're, just, you're leaving a lot on the table. You're, just, you're leaving so much. You need to repent and get your heart in tune with God today. Not only does living in sin in the general sense stop God from hearing our prayers, but so does tension with other believers. This is something we talk about a lot because the book of 1 John talks about it a lot. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5. Now I'll say this. Tension with other believers, that too is a sin. Okay, in the general sense. But it's something that's talked about over and over again in Scripture. Look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 23. Verse 23. The Bible says, Matthew chapter 5, verse 23. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way first, be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Agree with thine adversary quickly, whilst thou art in the way with him, lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. Now, from this, and again, the book of 1 John, many times we know that we cannot have a proper relationship with Christ and then be at odds with another brother or sister in Christ. You just cannot do it. And when we've seen this numerous times, but this is a little bit of a different angle, and, and we've mentioned it before, but when this speaks of sacrifice in Matthew chapter 5, it has the basic idea of a religious duty. So prayer, by the way, is something that all Christians are commanded to do. Now we should want to do it because of the fact that it is worship to God. We should want to do it because there are great benefits to doing it. But uh, not only that, it also is vital for your spiritual walk. Jesus said... That men ought always to pray and not to faint. So it's important. But in this, Jesus said, hey, if you bring your sacrifice to the altar and you're like, oh yeah, I'm at odds with somebody. Somebody has a problem with me. A brother or sister in Christ has a problem with me. He says, hey, before you do your duty, before you sacrifice, go and make it right. And then come back and, and give your sacrifice. And then come back and do your duty. To try to offer anything to God when there is disunity with another believer is pointless. And it's so pointless and it's so futile that Jesus says, don't even bother. Just go make things right. Now, again, as stated earlier, there are many prayers that are being offered that they don't get anywhere. And this is one reason why. Hey, you know what? Christians should be able to reconcile anything. They should be, but they don't. But notice in this passage, look at verse 23. It says, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and thou rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee. So look, if, if somebody has a problem with you and you know it, you need to deal with it too. It's not just you having a problem with them, it's them having a problem with you. Go make it right. And if you're here this morning and you're not experiencing granted prayer, consider, am I at odds with another believer? Our heart is not in tune with God, and our heart is not in tune with His will, 
if we're so selfish and so prideful that we refuse to reconcile and forgive another believer in Christ. And we know that this is true because if our heart is in tune with God, guess what? We're going to forgive as He forgives. If our heart is in tune with God, we're going to love as He loves. If our heart is in tune with God, we're going to obey what He tells us to do. But so many Christians, they're okay with not receiving granted prayer as long as it doesn't mean that I have to go and reconcile with another believer. It's pride. It's terrible. And lastly, a great hindrance to granted prayer is not abiding in Christ. Go to John chapter 15. Another word that John likes to use is abiding. And we know that Christ used that word a lot. And John used it a lot in the Gospel of John as Jesus spoke. And he uses it a lot in First John. But a lot of times we don't get granted prayer because we don't abide in Him. Look at John chapter 15, look at verse 4. It says, Jesus said, Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Abide in Christ. You know what it means to abide in Christ? It means to continue in Christ. It means to continue in his word and to continue in his presence. It's not just something that I do today and then I stop for a week. And then I get back to it. No, it's continual. It doesn't stop. And it's then that we can experience heard and granted prayer. And so often prayer is not heard by God because we're not putting him in his proper place. We're not abiding in him. We're not uh, continuing in him. We only use him as a go-to in times of trouble and nothing more. Many will often only pray to God when they're in desperate times of need, instead of continually. Consider this this morning. What is God, or rather, who is God, to you? And what is prayer to you? Prayer is not supposed to just be something that we do when we get into trouble. But instead of relying on God and praying to Him daily, by many, He's seen as just a ladder out of a burning building. He's seen a lot of times as just a genie in a bottle. He's seen a lot of times as just a spare tire that I'll use if I need it. Or even a water boy that's just meant to serve me. But listen, if you know God, you know that's not true. That's not true. If you know God, you know He's far from that. We know that God is Almighty. He's the creator of the universe. And by Him, all things consist. And by the way, each one of us need Him daily. We need to abide in Him. So consider this morning, do you know God? Are you close to God? The more that you abide and continue in Him, the more you familiarize yourself with Him, the more in tune with Him you are. And when I genuinely know God, when I abide in Him, the more apt I'm going to be to pray and pray properly. You know, if I abide in Him and I get to know Him more, I'm going to know He hears my prayers. And knowing that He hears my prayers will result in actually taking the time to pray. You know, for a lot of people, 
That's the biggest struggle is just taking the time to pray. But if my heart is in tune with God and I know that he's going to hear and I trust that he's going to grant, I will be motivated to pray every day. And by the way, it'll change my life. We're promised that God will hear our prayer and we'll see later on that there is true power in prayer. So without that knowledge though, that my prayers will be heard and without that knowledge that, hey, God can grant my prayers, a lot of times prayer will just seem like a, a fruitless endeavor. But if I'm abiding in Him, that's when everything changes. Because God can answer my prayers and this is the truth for all of God's children. I want you to think about this this morning. If you're unsaved today, I mentioned this already. God is under no obligation to answer your prayer. Because you're not his child. But this sonship is available to you. You can become a child of God today. But in order to become a child of God, you need to understand a few things. For one, you need to understand that God is holy. Completely holy. He's perfect. And because of that, he cannot approve of sin. And he cannot approve of evil. And God said, be ye holy as I am holy. God's a holy God. You also need to understand that as a human, according to God and his word, you're guilty of sin. We're unable to do anything good on our own, we might have times where we have a little bit of kindness and we do good things, but we're guilty of sin. We are unable to love and please God on our own because of our sinful state. Romans chapter 3 verse 10 says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. God is holy. We are terrible. Don't you feel good now? This isn't a feel-good sermon, sorry. That's the way it is, though. So because we are sinful people, because God is holy, our sin demands a penalty. You know, we expect a just judge to, to just punish people for their wrongdoings, right? Why would God be any different? God is perfect. He's the, the just judge. He is the ultimate judge. And because He is holy and because He is just, he must punish sin. And the Bible tells us that this sin must be punished by death. As Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You understand this morning that changing our behavior or trying to become a better person or doing our best to sin less, none of that is going to eliminate our problem of sin or the consequences of it. That's a very serious problem. The fact that God is holy and we are sinful and He cannot have any part in sin and he has to punish it. It's a serious issue. But thank the Lord, that's where Jesus Christ comes in. Jesus Christ, he is the savior of our sins. Romans 10 verse 9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. God's justice demands death for sin. But in his love, he provided a savior who paid the penalty and died for sinners like us. In 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 18 it says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. The death of Jesus Christ, it satisfied the demands of God's justice. And Christ's perfect life, it satisfied the demands of God's holiness, because he was perfect. 
And because of this, we're able to be forgiven and we're able to be saved if we place our faith and trust in Christ alone. Romans 3.26 says, To declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. It is only by faith that you can have eternal life. It is only by faith in Christ and, and trusting in the finished work of Christ on the cross that you can be saved. Thank the Lord. Ephesians 2 tells us, For by grace are ye saved through faith and not of yourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast. Thank God it's not up to me to get me to heaven. Trust in Christ. So if you have not come to the saving knowledge of Christ, I invite you to meet Him today. Trust in only Him as your personal Savior. But if you are here today, and you're saved, consider this morning, is my heart in tune with Him? Is my sin or lack of consistent prayer causing me to not experience answered prayer? Again, going back to James 5.16, that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Are you living righteously? Are you praying fervently? Are you praying consistently? Are you praying daily? Has it been a pattern of your life to experience granted prayer? Are you living your life content without seeing your prayers granted? Listen, it is time to get serious about our prayer life. It's time to truly be heard by God so that we can see Him do great things in our life, in our church, and in our community. It's time to allow God to be tuned into our prayers. But listen, it's not up to me. To do that for you. It's up to you. You need to allow God to tune into your prayers. D.L. Moody once said. Every great movement of God. Can be traced back to a kneeling figure. I think it's safe to say. That we need a great movement of God. You may need it in your own personal life. Ask yourself this question. Am I praying for it? Am I praying and expecting him. To grant it. We need a great movement of God. In our local church. We need a great movement of God. In our country. And most everybody. That's in here would probably say. Yeah you know I want God to do a great work in this church. I want God to do a great work. In this country. Yet they don't want it enough. To consistently pray for it. Or do anything about it. Hey listen you want God. To do something in our church. And in our community. And in our country. How about you pray for it. And share the gospel with somebody. Amen. Share the gospel with somebody this week. Because that's the only thing that's going to change anything. We need God to hear our prayers so we can see Him do a mighty work in our hearts. A.M. Bounds wrote much on the subject of prayer. And he truthfully said that the Holy Ghost does not flow through methods, but through men. He does not come on machinery, but on men. He does not anoint plans, but men. Men of prayer. Hey, listen, there's no method, there's no program, there's no system that's more effective than the effectiveness of prayer. And if you have nothing going on in your spiritual life right now, it's probably because you're not praying as you should. A lot of times we are guilty of thinking that we need to do this or that in order to see God do a great work, but in reality, what we need the most is to pray. We need to pray consistently and we need God to tune in to our prayers because He does a tremendous work through prayer. We need God to get a hold of our hearts. We need God uh, to set our hearts on fire for Him. But are we praying for Him to do a great work? Again, I say, in this community, in our church, in our country. And again, He can and He wants to. He desires to use the prayers of His people to do great things. 
Because prayer moves the hand of God. So here's the thing. Here, here, really, we have a choice to make this morning. Okay, listen. We're almost done. We can either sit around and complain about our country, or we can bring it to God in prayer. We can sit around and wish, oh, I wish that things would just get better. Or we can make the effort to see lives change with the gospel of Christ. It's time we stop complaining. It's time we start doing. It's time we stop having a pity party. It's time that we start praying and believing that God can do great works. I know that complaining is easier, but we need to do something. We need to labor. We need to pray. We need to put ourselves out there. We need to commit to God that we will pray continually and daily. And, and we need to give that sin over to the Lord so that our, our prayers are no longer hindered. We need to make things right with that believer that we're at odds with. We need to commit to abiding in Him daily and taking the time to just pray. And as a result, our prayers will be heard by God. And listen, it will make a difference in your life and in this church. So here we are this morning. Look, one of the keys to granted prayer is simply having God hear our prayers. Does God hear your prayers? If not, this morning, we need to change that. Because we need God to hear our prayers. We need God to do a great work through prayer. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes.